2: Hi, I'm Bruce News Editor, Matt Kierkegaard, and that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer and the brewing industry, and have a conversation with the people who make the industry what it is, and see what we can learn from them. This week, we continue our almost accidental series on construction professionals who have started a brewery, as we meet Sonia and Guy Schweitzer from Scarborough Harbour Brewing Company. Scarborough Harbour made a bit of a splash recently, no pun intended, at the Royal Queensland Beer Awards winning Best New Brewery and Champion Brew Pub in addition to a number of gold medals for its beers. It was a strong result for a new brewery, especially one that hasn't really ridden the hype train as it launched. I was a little ashamed that I wasn't better acquainted with this brewery on my doorstep, so I wanted to go and check it out, and I discovered a gem. It's a great story about how changing circumstances saw Sonia become the driver of the brewery that beer-loving guy wanted to build, but instead has had to enjoy from a continent away. Enjoy this conversation about the birth of the brewery with Sonia and Guy Schweitzer. Sonia and Guy Schweitzer, welcome to Beer as a Conversation. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. For the listeners, there has been a little bit of a conversation uh, off mic because I'm sitting in Scarborough Harbour Brewing Company uh, with Sonia and Guy is 5,000 kilometres away in Western Australia where he's currently working and... uh, uh, there's been a little bit of a conversation about whose idea it was and how uh, people need to be uh, convinced um, about the, the, the brewery. So Guy, you're on the other side of the continent, maybe you can pick up the story of,
0: you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and Sonia and how you came to open a brewery. Yes, I'm over here in uh, Western Australia and uh, I have been for what almost two years now and uh, yeah, the idea for the brewery, uh, that dates back to uh, 2018, I would say, uh, when uh, Sonia and I and the family went to Canada, and uh, you know, probably um, Granville Island Brewing Co., the first real brewery I went to, uh, then it turned our, holiday, our family holiday into a brewery uh, tour, I think Sonia would suggest that that's the truth. Uh, at my beck at my beckoning, and yeah,
1: the kids would agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all, the way, all the way across Canada and then back across the USA, we stopped in, um, you know, lots of little funky breweries, and you know, with a similar feel to what we've got there. And and then um, yeah, it was an idea at that point, I suppose. And then later on, um, I decided that you know I saw a, a brewery for sale that. Um, I thought, oh, that'd be an interesting thing to do Uh, in an industrial precinct, as they all are. Anyway, that didn't really go anywhere, and then I kind of thought it'd be nice to um, uh, open my own one up, and then uh, this venue came up, uh, funnily enough, less than a kilometre from where we live, and and I kind of just... I reckon, I'm, I think I'll answer this correctly, that I kind of just moved on with it. And I don't know how much uh, consultation <laughs> went on at that point in time. Sonia's here nodding. <laughs> and uh, and I, pre- I think it was only later on I realised um, uh, one day, I'm pretty sure Sonia said to me, um, this is your dream, guy, not mine. And um, anyway, so that's kind of how it happened a while back. But, you know, we were well into the motions at that point. And then... Unfortunately for Sonia, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, um, my other company, which is a civil construction company, won this big project over here in Port Edlin. And so I moved over here in, um, I think, May 2020, uh, 21, sorry. And um, unfortunately, Sonia got thrown into the deep end. So I actually haven't spent time at the brewery other than when I visit home to see the family. (laughs) So that's kind of the story. It, how
2: accurately is that uh, portrayed and yes. t- is there anything that you want to uh, add
1: No some, yeah? no that's very accurate um guy's love of beer is what drove him to open a brewery is pretty much the short <laughs> the short story <laughs>
2: I think there are a lot of long-suffering children uh, who, 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 of parents who are listening to, to, to this podcast would identify with having trips uh, ruined, uh, for them uh, anyway, by being dragged around a brewery. But let's step back just a little bit. You, you said you work for a civil construction company, but you're a, an engineer by profession guy. And what's your background, Sonia? Uh,
1: so I was mainly in banking, in call centres, managing staff um, nationally. Mm-hmm. And then I've been a stay-at-home mum for 18 years.
0: And Guy, how about you? You're, you're an engineer? Yeah, civil engineer. I've um, been doing that for, ooh, um, well, since 1998, so a long time. And um, me and two other gentlemen, we uh, con- uh, started up a construction company in 2015. And uh, yeah, so I'm a part owner of that and... Uh, and that job takes me around the countryside, probably allows me to have, or Sonia and I, to have a brewery. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, so, now, I, I, I don't mean to exclude you from this question, Sonia, but I've already established that owning a brewery wasn't your dream. Yeah, um, correct. W- 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 were you a beer drinker?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am now, um, but no, definitely not a beer drinker.
2: I, I get the sense that you'll be featuring in... The later part when we're talking about running a business mm-hmm. um, because as guy's already said that he lived he he's the brewery that was his idea to open he hasn't yet worked in in a meaningful way um, but guy, when you say you have a love for beer, were you a home brewer or was it just a, a, as a consumer of of beer
0: just a just a consumer matt like um I mean I was probably like a lot of people I suppose for a long long time I only thought there was um you know 4XVB and all of those kind of things and um and I can't remember the date to be honest but I remember uh one of my best friends took me to somewhere down at South Bank there and um I tried a Little Creatures Pale Ale and I think a lot of people that was probably their first and I had that and I went wow what's this this isn't like a normal beer and then then you know probably did the obligatory stone and wood and didn't really do too much at that point I, I would say until uh, my memory is a bit vague on it but really the trip to Canada and um, and uh, and I'm going to say the winter ale that was at um, uh, Granville Island Brewing in um, in Vancouver just wowed me and um, and from then I then just went on a mission to try all the different weird and wonderful flavors and um, and and now I can't stop drinking it. <laughs>
1: he, still, he still talks about that beer five years later. It made an impact.
2: I remember the first beer that changed my perception. Guy, um, can I ask you how old you are? Just to, again, try to establish the pop culture yep. frame of reference I need to, uh, to, to speak in. Yeah, I'm uh, three weeks away from being 48. Okay, okay. So we're roughly the same vintage. I'm a little bit older, but I remember drinking Matilda Bay uh, Redback. Um, and it was a little bit early and and that was the beer that changed my view and when you have your view changed by uh, it's often called the epiphany beer that says wow this can be different I look at uh, the the modern you know, when we look at seltzers and there are coolers and there are all of these RTDs Mm. you can have a new drink that's in in that um, space and not be wowed and not want to completely change your life gee I want to make seltzers you know you might do it from a business point of view but people don't fall in love with the product but there is something about beer that when you try it it it, it can actually change your perception and I, I, I don't fully understand what it is but something that can make us
0: want to immerse ourselves in
2: much more than just enjoying the beer from time to time.
0: Yeah that's that's for sure you know like um, I mean I wasn't Oh, I don't know if Sonia would agree. I mean, I think over my life, uh, and certainly my life with Sonia is I've ebbed and flowed through drinking beer and patches of not drinking beer. I wouldn't say I was a big drinker, maybe at times before then, uh, but not a real big drinker, I would say. And um, I probably drink more now than I ever have. But, um, uh, yeah, that, like I say, I can still remember where it was, you know, that uh, little creatures. And then probably more notably was the Vancouver one and... um, that really changed things and, um, and made me want to do, do something with it, I suppose. And, and then it's a function of, you know, it's uh, how you go about doing it, you know. It's not a cheap thing to do and, um, and uh, yeah, I've just been lucky enough to be in a position where things have fallen into place and Sonia and I have been able to open up the venue, you know, so. What do you drink, Sonia, if you're, if you're not a beer drinker?
1: Uh, I drink wine, wine. and gin um, my favourite beer is the Sours. Okay. Yep. yep. So that's what I enjoy.
2: Have you come to appreciate beer a little bit more since you've yeah, <laughs> worked around I'm, it day to day?
1: I'm amazed by all the different varieties. Yeah, it's just all the different flavours. Mm, I've learned a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a big thing to go from trying a beer, um, whether it's Little Creatures or being in Vancouver, and falling in love with it. And this isn't your average small uh, brewery in a, you know, a, a, as you said, a cheap industrial space. This is a um, harbourfront, beautiful brewery that's uh, a, a, an attraction as much as it's a place that, that, that makes beer. What was the, the, the thought process? Uh, were you looking for a career change guy or you just liked the idea of being in and
0: around um, the, the brewing industry? Uh, look. Um like I said, I originally went from an industrial style thing and I probably would have went down that path um, had this place not popped up. And then I thought, then it kind of went, this is my view, Sonia might have a different view. Um, but my view at that point was, well, if we're going to do something um, you know on a marina, it has to be something that people want to come to, you know And so you know we've got all those funky lights and a lot of copper and black and you know kind of turned it. Um, I would say um, this is a close match to a brewery we went to in uh, Montreal, I would say. I don't know if Sonia would agree with that, but it was like a dark kind of pub feel and that's what we were kind of wanting. And and so we kind of went all out on it, I suppose, in the end. And um, uh, yeah, definitely to be a destination, uh, not just a brewery. Uh, We wanted to be, um, once we settled on this place, it had to be you know, in Brisbane, I mean, I've been to just about every brewery in Brisbane and I kind of wanted to s- try and be different to most of them, which I think we've achieved and t- certainly in the venue, there's still obviously one or two that have got similar kind of feels to them, but um, I think, um, um, yeah, we've created something that's a bit different in the industry, I suppose. And um, and for me wanting to be around it, no, I didn't really want a career change, um, although I'd love it if it um, gave me the um, the money that I get from my construction company. but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know it's uh, it's not gonna be like that. And, um, and and really, this might sound a bit odd, but I, I honestly at the time, I mean obviously I wanted always to support itself and and, 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 and make money. but when I kind of settled on it, it was in my mind it was like, well, It'll be a nice side um, hustle to um, my main um, place of work, which is um, uh, my construction company. You know, so uh, so kind of. And I kinda... think once
1: we found the venue, it was hard to then think of going to an industrial area. Yep. Yeah. You know, we I know we had some hoops to jump through when we had the COVID, and there was so many times we could have pulled out, and mm. we we're just like, no, this is the place this is where it needs to be somewhere different
2: yeah, yeah and it look for 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 listeners if you could picture a marina you know a harbor filled with boats it it sits it's a two story building that sits right on the water overlooking the boats above a dock looking across an expanse of water to the Sunshine Coast's iconic Glasshouse Mountains in the west. So I'm, I'm already, it's its middle of the afternoon as we record this, but I can picture what the sunsets would be like with the uh, lighting up the Glasshouse Mountains. It is just an, an incredibly, uh, you know, lovely, picturesque venue, the sort of place that you would love to come. And I, I just as soon as I walked in upstairs, I could see myself settling in with a bucket of prawns. I don't know what your menu is. We but do I can, have that. <laughs> I a bucket of prawns, a couple of lagers and just watching the sunset yeah. over the water in the most magnificent way. And it's, Perfect. you know, um, it, it, it really lends itself to any form of hospitality venue, but mm. to have a brewery, it, it's just a magic location. How did you find the venue? Because I'd, I would imagine that this would be a highly
0: sought after hospitality venue for anyone. Well, Sonia, I think it just uh, popped up as an ad, didn't it, really? We didn't know the um, owner at all. Um, I just remember an ad popping up and then we started talking to him. That's my recollection.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a function centre for weddings and and events for the last 25 years. So it's only been holding, uh, you know, big events here sporadically, weekends now and again. Um, That's been leased by a few different people over the 25 years. Um, So it's just awesome that it's open five days a week now for the public, the general public to enjoy. But yeah, it was just an ad and we just followed that up and it was a bit of a process, but yeah, it was worth it.
2: Now, it, it's, it, it's not a recurring theme. Um, in fact, it's, it's quite unusual for this podcast. Uh, a lot of people who have opened breweries have come from uh, science and computer backgrounds. Uh, there have been a few engineers, but construction is a bit of a theme because last week uh, on the podcast we had uh, a, a crane operator um, who decided that he was going to uh, step out of that you know, high-paying industry and open a, a, a brewery. And he talked about every mistake that he'd made, being undercapitalized and 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 everything. And uh, what plans did you go into? Did, were you a home brewer guy? Did did your love of beer extend that far, or you were just very much a consumer?
0: No, I, I never a um. Well, I should never say I was never a home brewer, but when I was fifteen, I was brewing homebrew brew under <laughs> in, under the bed at home. But um, that's about the extent of it. That was pretty awful stuff, but. Um, no, definitely not a home brewer. It's just, um, just uh, I, I, I love it and I've kind of gone in um, boots and all with it. Um, and, you know, I listened to that podcast that you were talking about for Happy Valley. I've been out there too. Oh, right. So, again, I never
2: like to ask guests whether they, because I don't want to put them on the spot, assuming that they uh, listen to the podcast or not, but you, you obviously heard that one.
0: Yeah, I've... Uh, well, I'm a bit of a um uh, over the years been a bit of a bruised news nerd, uh, Matt and uh oh, and Sonia <laughs> Sonia will probably tell you that I was really disappointed that I'm five thousand kilometres away and not there today. I was actually at home last week and then uh the message came through, and I said, oh, you're kidding me! I'm on the wrong side of the country again." <laughs> so, um, I, having seen the view, and also as I sit here drinking the lager, I can promise
2: you, I will be back. So uh, yeah. let me know when you're back. But anyway, we're we'll, it. We'll we'll
0: we'll talk about this later. But uh, so so you heard the podcast last week? Yes, I did. Yes, and and and, and, and you know, I, I hear a lot of them, and I, I also listen. I listened to when I knew we were coming on. I made sure I caught up on a few and. Uh, um, I listen to the story of mountain culture and things, and and you know they kind of similar feels like similar stories. Um, you know, I um, I suppose the gentleman at um, Happy Valley, he, um, he he his love affair and um, stretched him to the limit, which was really intriguing story and and, and so and passionate. His, his wife know. was against it as well. <laughs> yes. I don't know if um, I, I would have. Um, stretched it as far as he did, uh, um, but, uh, you know, hats off for what he, what he did. And, um, but certainly, um, you know, they cost a lot of money to set up. That venue cost us a lot of money to set up and, um, and uh, we don't have any investors. It's We're like the, those other ones. Uh, just It's just Sonia and I and, um, and that's kind of the way we wanted it, you know.
2: You do come from a civil construction background, so there's obviously a range of skills that were transferable um, in, in, in a very general sense, to, to the construction program, but how did you both? Did, did either of you have a background in hospitality or you know business um, in you know in in, in a related industry? Um, or how did you get those skills? How did you inform yourselves for the plans to open the brewery?
1: Uh, our only hospitality experience was McDonald's as teenagers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> both of us. Both of us. Yeah. Um, I was but, hungry Jacks before. <laughs> uh, um. Guy, it was it was more just um, sourcing people, wasn't it? The right person. Yeah,
0: look, um, I mean, you know, obviously, as I'm a business owner already with um, with my construction company, um, but it's it's different, way different. Um, I'd like to think that the construction company is a lot simpler uh, than what hospitality has turned out to be, and um, and I say that from 5,000 k's away, having not been involved in any part of the actual running of the business really since um well since it opened and bef- and a little bit beforehand but in terms of plans and everything you know we you know we got um you know I, I guess I had some knowledge of navigating um approval nightmares and and things like that that you hear, often hear but um you know so I knew we had an architect engaged an engineer engaged um you know um hydraulics all of those things that you need to do to get approval so I was kind of you know, I kind of knew in a way what needed to happen, although I don't, whilst I'm a civil engineer, I'm not a, a building um, a civil engineer. I'm build. Funnily enough, I'm actually building a marina in Port Edland, would you believe, another marina. So, um, are you uh, helping anyone build a brewery over there? <laughs> well, there's actually a vacant building and everyone keeps <laughs> tapping me, guy, why don't you create the spoil, spoil bank um, brewery, you know, and I. And I mentioned it to Sonia and she said, aren't you trying to get home? And I said, yes, I am. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that one will stay as an idea only. But, um, yeah, so we kind of knew who to talk to and things like that. And, um, you know, we went through all the same things that I've heard often, you know. Um, the del- You know, sometimes the approval processes take longer than you expect. And, you know, I guess I'm kind of used to that in my world where I see it's very rare for construction projects to... Go to the, you know, to, to pan out as um, clients originally expect them to, to, you know. So it wasn't a big surprise to me in the end, I guess.
1: Yeah, just an idea on the approval process. It took 20 weeks to get approval for the building, for the lease and the business, yeah. and it took eight weeks for the council, local council. Right.
2: Again, as Guy said, you know, I, I guess having some understanding of planning and approvals and things, but quite often speaking to brewers, that trips them up. You know, the, the, how complicated the process of opening the brewery is surprises <clears> them a, a little bit. But then what often surprises me is how hard they find the running of the brewery. And you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, it, it, it makes me a little bit angry at, at times when I hear so many people sort of say, oh, look, I just found the hospitality so hard. And there is a real diminishment of the skills and the challenges involved in good hospitality. Um, had, how have you both gone, um, or th- this is probably much more um, for use on you because you've, you've been the one that's had to deal with it. How have you found you know, managing hospitality staff and creating a welcoming experience and serving people you know, well?
1: It's been lots of learning. Um, we've made mistakes. Um, I think we've come a long way. Um, it's almost 12 months since we opened. Um, next month, so yeah, I just having the the staff, the experience. Um, we've we've retained um, some really good staff that we opened with. Um, so it's just yeah, developing. I think product knowledge of our beers is one of the most important things with customer service and hospitality. Mm-hmm. People love to walk in and talk about your beers, and we want the staff to be able to know all about our beers and just talk back.
2: Well, ultimately, that's why they're coming, mm. I'd imagine, because if they just want to come in and enjoy the view and have a drink, they will, you, you
0: could have Forex on, but you've that's got right. your own brewery, and that adds to their experience. That's right. People do come here for the beer, but I'd like, hopefully, I'm right, Sonia. Uh, because of our location we do get a lot of people that come here particularly you know you get two types of people obviously upstairs and downstairs are vastly different in their um, atmosphere as you've seen and um, I I actually think we get a lot of non-brewery type people um, come to our venue and they usually sit upstairs you know I've been to a lot of breweries but I've never seen so many elderly people that come to our venue and sit upstairs which is really nice and they try some of the beers they Sometimes they overstep the mark when they go to an IPA and they go, "Ooh, that's a bit too much." <laughs> but um, uh, but they'll so, always remember it, guy. That's right. And uh, so we we probably get a little bit sometimes not just beer drinkers, I mm, suppose. A lot more
1: perhaps, diverse, yeah. I think, because yeah. of the size of the venue, the location, the different feels from upstairs to downstairs. Uh, we do offer a lot more than beer as well. Mm. Like beer is our most the reason we opened, but we have so many other products. So many wines, so many um, spirits, cocktails.
2: Even if you had to learn it, um, it, it sounds like you've very quickly adapted to the idea and it's, it's, if I was consulting to any brewery, the first thing I would say is you're not actually a brewery, you're a hospitality venue that makes beer in the same way that a restaurant isn't a kitchen. you know, People don't go there just for the food and just for the chef's signature dish. The wine has to be there, you know the, the cocktails have to be there, um, the staff have to serve the whole experience needs to be good for them to enjoy the food and there are a whole lot of people that probably don't really care what's on the menu as well and breweries as they've evolved need to be catering to everybody because um, if there's one non beer drinker, they will drag the other four beer drinkers out or won't even say they come if it's not a venue that accommodates um, people. That's is, is, is that a fair...?
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of small breweries I've been to being a more of a non-beer drinker, or I was, and, you know, they'd have the cider and the ginger beer, so that would be my go-to. Um, but, yeah, I think because we do offer so much more, we have the full kitchen, which operates upstairs and downstairs, so we have a really big menu available for lunch and dinner. So that definitely adds to the
2: Sorry, the reason I 'm smiling you, 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 you're searching my face because I've, I've, I've broken into a broad grin because I 'm thinking that for people that don't come from hospitality, we, we do see a lot of craft breweries they open just to sell beer and they 'll get the food truck in or they'll because that's easy they don't mm. have to have a you know the, the, the management of staff but to hear you say we 've got the full kitchen that is a whole range of and I'm going to call it headaches because that yes. is a whole next level when it comes to running a venue. And it your, is. Your, your lips are, whereas well, I was smiling, your <laughs> lips are pursing a little bit as I say that. No,
1: we love being able to provide the food that we want to serve. We've changed the menu three or four times now in the 12 months we've been open just because we've seen what people want, um, what people are liking, things that do work, don't work. Um, but then I think because we don't have the food trucks come in, We don't just get um, critiqued on our beer, we get critiqued on on the whole package. Mm. So the food does feature a lot in, you know, our feedback.
2: But was that a hard experience? You know, because you've you've got to find a chef, you've got to find wait staff, you know, as you said, you you can't just go, well, this is the food that we want to serve, suck it up, patron. Yeah. You know, it's very much listening to what they want. And people would come here with a view, as I said straight away, it's going to be oysters and prawns is yeah. what I'm going to be ordering, um, you know, a very Mediterranean sort of dish. So what, what did you open with and how has it changed?
1: Uh, we opened with a lot more um, like restaurant-style meals, you know, just knife and fork meals, mm-hmm. um, you know, like steaks. And um, we still have your traditional chicken palmy and um, things like that, but we've kind of taken away a lot of the restaurant type meals, and we have a lot of share platters, yeah. um, bit, uh, bites and shares. So people might order, you know, a couple, couple of shares and just enjoy that with a drink. So we're finding that's more popular. And,
2: and I have to say that you know, so it's what Friday afternoon before three o'clock. So I'd imagine tonight you'll have a very nice knock-off intro to the work. Yes. Uh, the, the weekend yeah. work crowd. We
1: have live music every Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday.
2: But sitting up there, I, I noticed there was a, 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 a table of young women. There was some older guests, or two or three tables of older guests. It yep. almost looked like, um, you know, a, a bus tour set. I've got be very careful. <laughs> I don't upset anybody. I'm just trying to paint a word picture for those listening at home. Um, there was another table of four or five uh, more mature women. Yeah, um, we
1: just had a big table of tradies in for lunch and drinks. They
2: must have left before I was there, mm. but it was—it it very much wasn't what you expect. The craft beer, um, you know, the the, the bearded hipster yep. of stereotype. Um, w- w- was that what you expected, or have you no. you learned that they were that was the people who were coming in? So mm-hmm. you had to um, tailor um, what you were doing to the people who were actually turning up.
1: Yes, and I think that's where we added extra things like drinks, mm-hmm. extra drinks to sort of. Um, Like you said, if you want a group of people to come in, they're not all beer drinkers. You want them to be able to enjoy something as well. Um, But yeah, definitely the food. Food has evolved from the feedback that we've received and what people um, enjoy.
2: I'm a huge believer in the view that you've got a vision for what you want to create, but the space becomes owned by the people who are coming you know mm-hmm. if if you some people just want to say this is what i want this is what i want to create and you will bring you know hopefully that consumer in who responds to that but it's a, you know, it can you can limit what the space can be but you have to allow the space to become what the people who are turning up anyway if 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 you're in it for a business yeah. um is is that a a reasonable observation
1: yeah yeah no it definitely is um, and like you're saying upstairs, the type of people we've got up there now, um, probably more your retirees. Mm. They're the ones that have got, you know, time to be out They're on a Friday lunchtime. lunchtime, yeah, yeah.
2: or, or mid afternoon on a Friday. That's
1: right. Um, and then you get not different people down here on an afternoon, but I guess you get um, the ones that are knocking off after work and the couples and um, people who want to enjoy the the live music we have mm. on.
2: One of the things that interested me. Um, Learning that guy wasn't a brewer and you, you didn't come from the hospitality industry, that even as you're planning, you had your brew, you've had your brewer involved even before the brewery was opened, and he was almost the project manager. Yep. That's something. that, Again, as a, purely as an observer, I, I see a lot of breweries. They want to save that cost. They don't want to employ their brewer until after it's everything is going. Which to me. Always feels like a bit of a mistake um, because the brewer doesn't have ownership of his workspace and often inherits somebody else's problems or mistakes. Um, how how important do you think that was to, to, to the brewery's initial success? Having the, the the brewer
0: actively involved from the beginning. I guess we're, we're, you know Sam's our brewer. He's uh, another American. I, I seem to there's a lot of Americans on your podcast. I've noticed in recent times, and um, and uh, yeah, he like I guess we thought that the brew would um happen quicker than it did and 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 then an opportunity came up to pick Sam up um he's an ex-Green Beacon um uh, he was like an understudy to um uh, Johan yeah and so I was talking to Johan and Johan um this is before obviously before Asahi came along but not too far before that and uh he uh, recommended young Sam um, would be well-placed to be our head brewer. Anyway, so we took a punt and got him in early. And uh, and uh, what we did, he was actually working out of my construction office in um, Hemant there. And um, we bought a little pilot system. And, um, and we actually got him brewing um, pilot brews for us right some of which uh, I think our lager actually that we started uh, way back then um, in the pilot system is very similar to the lager that we've ended up with today and so we had most of our beers um, pre-mail well trialed before well before opening and then so that was uh, you know I suppose so that worked out really well and then Sam, like Sonia, um, I was kind of hoping to be the person that kind of ran the construction to some degree, but unfortunately, I wasn't there to do it. And I said, Sam, I need you to step up. I know it's outside your comfort zone, but I uh, convinced him that it was good life experience. And um, and, uh, and he had some stressful <laughs> days. He, he had some stress, very stressful days, but um, I, I think if it was me, and I'd like to think he thinks this, I'm not sure if he'd say this to me, but you know, he got a lot out of it. And he can say that I was there before the first beer was ever poured, and I was there through the whole setup, demolition, smashing out walls, setting up the kit. Literally, he kind of coordinated um, with me from afar a lot of that. And I must say, the day we were ready to open, I think he was happy just to make beer again. <laughs> Guy.
2: As somebody who loved beer and wanting to open a brewery, I, I would imagine you would have had some preconceptions about the beers that you wanted to pour in your brewery mm. um, how has that gone you know how has the the, the, the beer list evolved compared to what you anticipated
0: uh, well I think he's actually you know I've you know the lager uh, that we've got is um, was how I wanted it to be i I um, probably originally I wanted like a rice lager, and and he kind of evolved it to what it is now, and 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 I'm very very happy with that. Oh, it's a beautiful He's, lager, as I said. It's it's the one beer that I've had. Um, so yeah, Congratulations yeah, to you both on that. Thank you. Two yeah, gold thank medals. You. <laughs> and it sells four times, I think, about four times as much as anything else that we sell, which is kind of crazy. Um, so, um, and it's the one beer because we get so many other people come in. I just divert for a second that um, you know when we get the people come in and never tried craft beer, we always give them that one, and uh, and they seem seems to be a winner. But um, in terms of other beers, uh, I love black IPAs. Uh, so Sam went and did a collab with um, was, it, was it Brisbane, Brisbane Brewing. Brewing. Yeah, and, and made it a double black IPO, of course, so I smashed it up big time, and uh, I still love that, and uh, so that one went really well in my mind. It was just a limited release, and uh, so that occurred. I tried to get him to uh, make a, um, a copy of my uh, beer that I had in uh, Vancouver, um, which he didn't have any... Um, really uh, any uh recipe for other than i told him it was a dark colored beer and it had vanilla flavors to it and he did pretty well in the end <laughs> and uh so we did that as a limited release and uh and the one that he hadn't made yet which is literally just getting released today is the red ipa so they were the kind of the i've key just seen ones. it on tap yeah literally that just went on today i think today sonia is that right yeah that's and, right um and uh and so that was probably one of the other ones that i really i really love red ipas and and so finally we've got um got one of those on on tap now so um so yeah in the end he's he's made all the kind of key ones that i was interested in Uh, of course the ipa and things but uh, and and he's made a lot more than I ever imagined, like a brute IPA, which I really like as well, except he keeps putting the percent up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was
2: great to see it. You know, that, that was a style that had a... You know, very brief flowering and then has disappeared. But uh, mm. I, I thought it was a. I always thought it was a nice beer and one that I particularly wanted to try with oysters. So I think uh, mm. I'll, I'll come out and try that. But you've you've um, you've got a saison, you've got a mid-strength as you would in a venue like this in Queensland. I, I, I presume yeah. that there are a couple of sours on from time to time. Yes,
1: we've got two on at the <laughs> moment. Two sours on,
2: <laughs> um, but it. it it, it It's a really broad um, beer list. Have you had to change it a little bit in response to con- customer demand or customer
0: expectations? I think our core, our core kind of seems to jump around from five to six, I would say. I, I, I would say the one change that I think has evolved, and Sonia probably would be a better handle on this. but I guess we've got a strawberry sour, which has proven to be pretty popular, and it was not something that we originally envisaged that we would make a second batch of. And I think we've what made two batches yeah, now. Yeah, we're on our third. Mm-hmm. Third now, mm-hmm. and so I think that's something that we'll probably keep making, uh, and that's kind of unexpected. You know, our core beers were really all your standard stuff. You know, you know the mid strength, the pale, XBA, IPA. Um, Lager, and probably one I'm forgetting, but um, yeah. So in in that's probably the one of all the extra beers that we've made the New Zealand pills now and, and all of the other ones that have come and gone. It's the one that's gone repeat, repeat, repeat. So that, that's probably the one evolution that we weren't anticipating. The
2: strawberry sour does seem to be coming a bit of a Queensland beer. Um, Bruhaha Ha, make uh, a strawberry sour. I think uh, Revel did very well in the Hottest 100 this year with the strawberry sour. It, it just seems to be a bit of a beer that resonates a little bit with uh, you know, South East Queensland, but potentially broader.
1: Mm, they're so refreshing. They're low ABV.
2: Mm.
1: Um, lots of people don't like heavy beers at the moment. So yeah, it's beautiful.
2: Are you distributing or do you can and get into local bottle shops?
1: We've just uh, started with a sales manager about two months ago. Okay. Uh, we started canning in about October. Uh, we're just selling takeaways on site, mm-hmm. and now we're getting into lots of venues. So. And how are you
2: doing that? Are you Have you got the mobile canners coming in? Yes. Okay. So is that the plan to expand? Because it's a pretty tough market getting into retail.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, originally, we just wanted people to visit the venue, and that's where they'd have our beers. Um but what we've found is people want our beers, um, you know, externally, and people that don't even know about us, and they might be buying our cans in a bottle shop in South Brisbane somewhere, mm-hmm. they're looking at the can going, oh, there's a brewery in Scarborough, and off they go okay. and find us. So it's bringing people to the venue. So
2: it's not just the Red Cliff Peninsula. So for... for People, listeners nationally who uh, don't know Brisbane, Redcliffe is uh, it's a little peninsula north of Brisbane, right on the water, but it's, it, it protrudes out, so you've got Moreton Bay on one side and then Scarborough Harbour, uh, or Scarborough... Yeah, right on the tip. Um, ..right on the tip, so you do get to have water east and west, depending on which side of the, uh, the, the, the um, peninsula you're on. But I would have thought that... Red Cliff. Red Cliff is a very mixed demographic, isn't mm, it? So yes, you'd it have is. a lot of people traveling to come here, but yep. then Red Cliff itself has its you know, own little pockets. Um, yeah. so did you get a lot of support from the local area?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. we do. Um, there's still so many people that don't know about us um, because it's that extra bit further than the, the Red Cliff hub or the mm. Red Cliff main area. Um, we just tell everyone we're right next to Morgan Seafood, and they know everyone exactly knows Morgan where we seafood, are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know people finding our cans our, in different locations, and that's bringing people into the venue. But no, we do get lots of locals who continue to come back and, and love the brewery. We get people from you know, 20, 30 kilometers away, and they say, "I come here just because I love your beer, and it's awesome to hear.
2: And, and the view. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners can't tell I'm gesturing out the window. We, we're downstairs in. It's a bit more of a bunker feel, but it's where the the, the physical brew house is. And it's got a little bit of the um, rumpus room den feel mm. to it. I would describe it. But even so, uh, to my left, there's a you know, i I'm looking at a boat come in. You know, with all of the sailboats and the the, the, the sun getting lower on. So it's a, it, it's it's a beautiful spot. So I can see why people would come. Um you know if not, even just for the beers yeah. guy as we bring the um conversation to a close uh how much longer till the project in w a is uh till it's finished and you' you 're actually back in the brewery that you wanted?
0: Well, the project will go until um, Christmas time, uh, but uh, my time here is uh ending in uh, fifty eight days okay <laughs> <laughs> not, no. not that you're counting. <laughs>
2: So, um, from a yeah. distance, are you uh pleased with how your
0: plans to uh, own a brewery have worked out? Oh, super proud you know like um I guess um I always felt when I left and you know it, i you know I, I don't think it's you've kind of gotten the picture that I kind of ended up throwing others into the deep end you know with sonia and and sam and and seeing how. Both of them, and particularly uh, my wife, um, Sonia, um, adapt to, you know, one wasn't their idea uh, or certainly her idea and um, to the point now, Matt, where when I come home, I pretty much said to Sonia, it'll just be status quo, I'll just be in the brewery drinking beer and you can keep running.
1: (laughs) He thinks that, but I'll definitely be getting him behind the bar, pouring beers, working
2: Actually, on that now, Sonia, you haven't heard the podcast before, have you? So I have listened to a oh, couple. You have listened yeah. to a couple. I, I don't know, Guy, did you hear the one that I did with Brennan and Peter Fielding uh, 12 or 18 months ago? Um, I think as they were celebrating 15 years um, of, of their brewery. And I asked them a, a very hard question. Um, did they ever have the talk about, you know, business is hard, working together is hard – if it ever gets too hard, does the brewery go or does the marriage go? <laughs> have have you guys had that talk? Um that was that was a very uh No, uh, I don't
1: think we have yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have not maybe in fourteen years.
0: <laughs> I I guess it's one of those things we actually haven't really um <laughs> even though we've got this venue together, we actually haven't worked together yet, you know? And uh so When I get home, uh, in a few months' time, um, and I'll be obviously spending a lot more time there and hopefully helping Sonia out a little, um, maybe then we'll reassess that question. (laughs) (laughs) Now,
2: I'm just going to mute Guy's uh, earphones. Um, Sonia, do you have any regrets uh, uh, about opening the brewery that you now run? It's kind of like your brewery now.
1: It is like my brewery. Um, Probably the only negative I see is I have a lot less time for the kids. Um, Don't miss the time. I don't have time to clean and cook for the family (laughs) because they end up having a lot of meals down here now. (laughs) um, Lucky you've got a full kitchen upstairs. Yes, yes. But no, I mean, it it has been nice to get back into the workforce um, now that my kids are getting a bit older. Um, But yeah, I've, I've learned a lot.
2: Do you enjoy the work? Do you do you enjoy the customer service and the people? And- yeah, I've
1: always enjoyed customer service. Um, I try to get out on the floor as much as I can. I'm not the greatest um, person to pour a beer still learning that a lot unfortunately but I love just getting around chatting people are starting to recognize me now so they'll stop me for a chat which I absolutely love well you're one up
2: on guy then yeah
1: yeah (laughs) yeah no I love to just tell them about um little features of the venue you know that that it gives it character and the reason why we've done things the way we've done them even like our, our beers are all named after the area so we've really tried to include the community and and the destination.
2: One of the podcasts we did um, was with Jimmy and Annalise from Maddock on the Gold Coast, the, the, the Belgian brewery uh, down on the Gold Coast. And Jimmy was an engineer, and he used to make you know he used to take pride in his work but he said that you know, you'd know you make something in an office that was beautiful and they would just hide it behind a cabinet, mm. um, whereas he would make a beer now and people thank him for it and people smile. Yeah. As somebody whose dream this wasn't, do you find a, a sense of pleasure and satisfaction when you serve a beer that has been made on site in the brewery that you co-own and see them getting such pleasure out of something oh that you yeah, have a hand definitely.
1: in? Definitely, definitely, because there's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get to that point. So people probably don't realise what goes in. Like it was a three-year process to mm. get the doors open. So um, yeah, it's definitely proud proud to hand over a quality product that's been brewed on site. People still don't believe we brew on site and I love to tell them that we do.
2: <laughs> but even, uh, I guess even going beyond giving them a quality product that you've made on site, actually seeing somebody manifest pleasure in the thing that you've mm. made. Um, it, it, is that something that, that resonates with you? Because I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, it's, it wasn't your dream to open the brewery, it wasn't, yeah. um, but have you come around to sort of seeing? Oh
1: yeah, it definitely makes um, it all worthwhile, you know, because you have your, your crap days and then when someone pulls you aside and says, oh, I love coming here, I love your beer, it reminds me of, you know back home if they're English or mm-hmm. something um, yeah it's definitely a n- nice nice feeling
2: a- again Guy's still muted um, so so he, he can't hear us um, <laughs> would you do it again? or would, oh, you, or would you fight gosh. harder next time?
1: I don't know that's a hard question <laughs> I haven't had the greatest <laughs> week so it's probably oh, okay. <laughs> it's probably a, a hard question to answer <laughs> on a tough week um yeah, maybe ask me in 12 okay. months. I'll, I'll ask yeah. you
2: over a, a, a strawberry yeah. sour. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Guy, and now I'll, 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 I'll unmute you, uh, Guy. Uh, how about you? Would you do it again or are you, are you looking forward to doing it for the first time when you uh, move
0: back to Brisbane? I oh, definitely, I would do it again. Obviously, it's been a bit easier on me being away and, and although at, at times frustrating when it's hard for me to help with problems and... And I got enough of my own issues to deal with over here, so I kind of get kind of forgotten, I think, sometimes. But no, I, uh, I, it's more than I would have imagined when I decided I wanted to do this. Uh, I, I look at, you know, just looking at the, script, looking at the image behind you guys, and it makes me pretty proud to think that um, what we created and. I mean, I certainly had a lot. I actually built a lot of the stuff that's in there, so that makes me pretty proud when I see people sitting at the tables I made, and and um, I they actually made all, the made all of lights. the copper oh, really? lights.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and um, how many so, holes and was it, guy? Uh, <laughs> Eighteen hundred holes, and um, yeah. Anyway, a lot of lot of sweat and uh, on those ones, but I look at them and uh, and just those little things like that make me pretty proud, and uh, and I. Like I said earlier, I'm super proud of how Sonia has picked up my dream and kind of making it her own.
1: It's definitely a family business too. We have um, our 16-year-old, she's on the floor. Um, We have our 19-year-old son. He does all our – he created our website, looks after that. He just want to
2: get into brewing?
1: Oh, he probably would. Okay. He's studying at uni at the moment, and he does all our social media mm-hmm. and responds to all our emails. And, okay. And so, um, just got a 13-year-old. Need to get her in. I'd be happy with just washing dishes. Washing dishes? <laughs> <laughs> what, at
2: home or here? Oh, both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: now, I, I should say... Um, Quite apart from all that we've talked about, you, you've mentioned the two gold medals for, for the lager um, at the uh, Royal Queensland Beer Awards this year, Champion New Brewery um, this year, and also Champion Brew Pub. Yes. Um, congratulations. Was there any uh, awards are left out? I know you've got the tap handles that are part of uh, the They the, were the prize. two
1: big awards which came from winning the 14 medals mm-hmm. collectively. Um, Strawberry Sour that you spoke about, mm. it got a gold. The Brute IPA got a gold. And yeah, the two... Was um, that a better week? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Guy had FOMO. Um, yeah, no, it was... Yes. And our brewer, I think he was on a high. You could not wipe the smile off his face I for at imagine. least two weeks. Yeah. At least two weeks. Yeah, no, it was definitely a, a good week.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. Mm. Well, uh, Sonia and Guy Switzer, thank you very much for being part of this conversation and congratulations uh, to both of you um, for the Scarborough Harbour uh, Brewing Company. And uh, uh, long, may it, uh, you know, long may it rain uh, the, the seas over Redcliffe.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Matt.
2: Thanks, Matt. And that was Sonia and Guy Schweitzer. If you are visiting Brisbane, it is well worth making the visit out to Redcliffe, about 40 minutes north of the city, and visiting the brewery. I also need to say congratulations, too, to brewer San Nunnicoven, who is nailing the beers. It really is a great spot. If you like this conversation and would like to make sure we can continue to deliver podcasts like this one, help us out. If you're a business who wants to reach professional brewers and brewery owners, we think we're the most targeted way to do that. We have the conversations that the industry listens to, and they can hear your message as well. Shoot through an email to sam at brewsnews.com.au to find out how you can advertise. If you're a listener, you can help us out with a few dollars yourself. You can sponsor the show. There's a link in the show notes. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting service, or you can email us at producer at bruisenews.com.au to share your thoughts. We'll be back again this Friday with Brews News Week, diving deeply into all of the news of the week.